Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 46 Textbook. There are things, unexpected things sometimes, that become integral parts of your self-identity. You may not be aware that it is one of the foundation stones of your sense of self, something that you use day to day to keep yourself centered and grounded. It stays there, just a solid underpinning, until something comes along and taps a hammer against it, and suddenly you feel it, right there at the core of yourself. And if that hammer strikes hard enough to crack that stone, All of a sudden, your entire self feels a lot less sturdy than it did before. For a lot of my life, there has been something wrong with me health-wise. Starting at 15, when I got a headache that never went away, and then on through the years, my hands and arms were particularly troublesome, and now this latest bout of oddness with my legs, there's always been that something wrong hovering in the background of my life. The medical doctors have run tests, blood tests, specialist exams, even a lovely, painful nerve conduction test when my hands were really bad. And it all comes back pretty well normal. The doctors tried treating. I went through four of the six prescription medications at the headache clinic at Nearly University, and just stopped going and taking anything when they told me that the side effects of the last two were significantly worse than the first four. Still, Nothing made much of a difference, and I had no answers. So, starting when I was 15, I've pretty well been on my own to figure out how best to deal with this lack of health in my life. And I've done a lot of things. Conventional medicine things, and crazy woo-woo things, too. Eventually, I hit upon a combination that worked. Regular chiropractic and massage, yoga, walking, a sit-stand desk, and whole food eating. When I say worked, I don't mean that I got my health back. Rather, that something wrong that I felt day in and day out was controlled, relegated to the curtains of my life's stage instead of the center. But my little stagehand, who had been so quiet and content to stay in the wings for a long time, decided he needed a starring role just after I started the podcast in 2013. And it's been a long, long road this time around. I tried to do what I normally do and treat it on my own with physio, acupuncture, chiropractic, and massage, but this time I only had limited success, so I went back to conventional medicine. The blood tests and x-rays came back normal, which I had anticipated but had hoped would actually show something this time. Then there was the very dissatisfying appointment with a neurologist a year after it all began, with no answers and even less empathy. It was all going the way it had gone so many times before. So when Mike and I went to the rheumatologist at the beginning of September, six days before the big move, I wasn't holding out much hope for more than just another shrug and a requisition for another blood test. Well, as anticipated, I got the requisition for the blood test. But I also got something else. A diagnosis. For 22 years... Over half my life, I have been a medical mystery, an oddball, 
Someone who will display atypical symptoms if there are any. Someone doctors can never really figure out how to treat. And this has become part of me. This is one of those big blocks holding up my sense of self, like the one where I identify as female, the one that's Danish-Canadian, and most recently, the one that's fiber arts. But when a pleasant, knowledgeable, confident doctor tells you that he's almost certain you have fibromyalgia, and not just fibro, but a textbook case of it, that is a huge hammer strike against one of those underpinning support stones of self. I would love to tell you that getting a diagnosis was a huge relief, or a validation that yes, something is actually wrong with me. I would love to be able to tell you that being able to now say, oh, that's the fibromyalgia, when I'm tired and slurring my words, when I get up in the morning and have trouble walking, when I strike yet another food off the eating list because it gives me indigestion, at least gives me a sense of satisfaction instead of just blaming my weird body. But I can't. I couldn't deal with it before the move, and now that the move is over, what I feel most is shaky. Because not only is there actually something with a name now, but it's textbook. I am not an oddball. I am not a medical mystery. It's not the diagnosis of a chronic, incurable syndrome that has me turned upside down. It's the fact that suddenly, overnight, I'm normal. There's a lot to figure out over the next several months. There's a lot to learn about the syndrome and what works for me and what doesn't in terms of treatment. And a lot about putting myself first so that I can continue to do the things that I want and need to do. But before all that, I need to shore myself up. So maybe my metaphor is wrong. The flood at my workplace that almost took down the building has taken most of a year to repair, and things aren't yet back to normal. I don't have that kind of time or energy to spare. So maybe instead of a building, I should look at my sense of self as knitting. One long string woven onto itself as loops through loops, creating a piece of cloth. The fabric can get holes in it. The yarn can wear down and break. But it's possible... No, not just possible. It's certain that it can be repaired. Socks can be darned. Drop stitches can be picked up and brought up in pattern. And if all else fails, it can be ripped out and knit anew and be just as good, if not better, stronger, and more beautiful than before. It just takes some time, some skill, and a little bit of yarn. And whatever else, I have a lot of yarn. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Well, it's October, and that means that the real push is on to get my level three homework finished. I've already set the date to go drop off my workbook with Mark. That will be Wednesday, October 29th. So I basically have until the weekend before to spin everything up that I can and then spend that weekend making sure that all the math is done, all the papers are printed out, all the skeins are marked and everything, and that the book is ready to go. 
And anything I don't manage to spin up by then, I'm just going to take a zero on. Because if I want to have any chance of moving forward in the program, I really just need to get this homework in. So that means this last couple of weeks, I have really been focusing on the final project. Because if there is one piece to the workbook that you cannot take a zero on and hope to pass, it's the final project. So, I mean, I do have one of the singles spun up for my um, my second try at uh, Silk at 12 TPI. But, uh, but then I just sort of left it. It's just sitting there on the bobbin, and I'll get back to it. Anyway, so I, I've planned out my final project, and I've started on the spinning. And uh, I'm about 26 hours in right now. And so what I've done so far is the project is planned out. I did the math and figured out how much of each yarn I needed. And the weft is 100% spun up. It is 100% Polworth. I ended up spinning it at five twists per inch. I liked it better than the four. I'd, I'd finished the four and I was like, eh, I'm not really happy about this. So I tried up a sample at the five and I liked that a lot better. So that's all spun up, washed, and ready to be split for dyeing. I'm almost halfway through spinning the singles for the warp. Now that's a uh, 60% Superfine Merino and 40% Tussa Silk Blend. I did the blending on the hand combs. It, uh, it's so beautiful, really. It's just, I can't even describe how beautiful these little tops are. I hardly want to spin them. But each one takes me about 45 minutes to spin, and I have 18 in total. So my spinning time on those looks like in total about 15 hours. I've, I've sped up a little bit, but not much. And uh, and then, of course, probably more like five hours to ply. So, and I'd like to have it all done by this Friday. <laughs> oh, lordy. So I'm skipping my, spinning, uh, my knitting groups this week, which, considering that I came down with a cold, is probably not a bad thing anyway. And uh, And I'm going to focus on getting the the warp spun up. I should be able to get the one single finish today and at least start it on the second, um, depending on how much energy I have. And then over the next couple of nights, finish getting that spun and then plied and washed. So once all that's washed, I need to split it up into four different skeins for the warp and 20 different skeins for the weft. So my plan is to do the warp with uh, in four colors, so a no mordant, an alum mordant, a ferrosulfate mordant, and a copper sulfate mordant. Let's see how that goes. The uh, the weft will have the same mordants, but I'll modify them. Um, five modifiers: uh, none, citric acid, um, an alkaline, so washing soda, copper, and iron. So I'll have twenty colors of weft. And then I'll do this up on my rigid heddle loom. It will be about 11 and a half inches wide at uh, 12 and a half ends per inch. So it'll be, it's going to be pretty. And then each color will have a, a weaving depth of about four inches. So it should be really pretty. And then of course I'm using the Pedoc sawdust. So, I mean, before I can do all of my dye calculations, I actually need to finish spinning the yarn because I need to know what my total weight of fiber is and then go from there. So the plan is then to 
sometime this week be finished the spinning so that I have my total weight of fiber and then figure out, you know, do my calculations for the mordants and for the modifiers and make sure that I have enough pots, perhaps pre-mordant a couple of them if I can, because I'm, if I'm going to use the big pot for my, my sawdust tea, my dye stock, then I have two pots for three mordants and four modifiers. <laughs> so I have to see if I can figure out a way to um, pre-mordant at least one and uh, and with a modifier see if there's any way I can make do with just like a bowl or something. Anyway, I'll figure it out. But uh, but the plan is to die on uh, this, this not this coming Monday, but the Monday after. And then um, on the Tuesday, hopefully, or possibly on the Monday as well, um, get the warp sized because it is a merino silk. Now the silk is strong, but the merino is not. So I want to size it. And then sometime over the course of this week, I'd also then like to spin my cotton for warp so that I can size it at the same time. Do it all at once. So hopefully I can get that figured out too. And then get it warped up somehow before I leave for downtown Edmonton uh, to do our big AGM for the year. And I'll be in a hotel room for three nights. And that's when I hope to get most of my weaving done. So that by weekend after next, so the next episode actually, I'm hoping to be done my final project. (sighs) Hopefully. There's a lot to do yet. There's a lot to do. Uh, and I still have the uh, the few skeins left. Ugh. Baby outfit, two-ply cotton, two-ply silk, cotton for warp, and the reproduction skeins. But final project is first. And then after that, I can move on to level four, which will be nice. Maybe nice. It'll be good to move on to level four. Although Kara scared me a little bit when she posted on Facebook and said there were still like 37 skeins left to spin for level four. I'm like, I thought this was a lot. Are you sure there's 37 skeins? (laughs) Oh dear. No slacking off for this girl. Just got to get right back to it. So anyway, I'm feeling really good about the final project and I'm hoping it's going to turn out well. Um, I need to go buy ferrous sulfate, not ferrous. I, I bought some stuff from Mewa, um, but they did not have copper sulfate, which apparently you can get at gardening shops, but you can only get it in a five pound bag. So if I do nature dyeing, I have a feeling I'll be doing a lot of of uh, more uh, mordanting and modifying with copper <laughs> over the next little while. But it's all good. Anyhow, that's where I'm at with the homework. Um, yeah, next episode, basically we'll be talking about, you know, the order of things to get done before I hand it in. Fiber notes. I think for the last two episodes, I've said next episode, I'll have star maiden finished. I really need to stop saying that. 
So I'd, I'd been double checking everything as I was knitting along. I was knitting the pattern correctly. I was knitting everything was fine. And I caught up to where I had been before and I counted and I was still off. I still wasn't going to be right at the center. So I was still doing, I did something wrong. And, and I had gotten to this point at my Tuesday knitting group after the last episode and I was tired. And so I just, I put it, I packed up at that point and I went home, but it was bothering me. Like, what did I do wrong? Cause I, I when I was there, I couldn't find it. I, you know, I was looking at the pattern. I I'd knit the pattern correctly. So I came home and I started looking and I found the error. I had, uh, I had missed uh, a couple of of uh, joins onto the body of the work right back at the beginning of where I'd started knitting again. So I basically had had to tear back again to the first repeat of the border, and so I put it in timeout. I, I was so frustrated at that point with it. I just put it in timeout for the week. I. Um, I took uh, ethereal with me as as knitting instead, and I, I don't know. Like I, I seriously, I started this project like back in episode one or two or something like that, and it just never went anywhere. And every time I pick it up, I don't understand why. Because the pattern is really nice, it's well charted, and it's it's relatively easy, and the yarn is super super yummy. Like it's a, it's a camel silk, 50% camel, 50% silk blend. It's just gorgeous and light and airy and warm and smooth. And I don't understand why I don't knit this project, but apparently I just don't. Anyway, I knit on that a little bit while I was uh, mad at Star Maiden. And then, uh, and then my friend came over and uh, last Monday, and we built the loom, which was fun. And, and it was a lot like, it was already half built. So the instructions weren't really useful. And we just sort of had to figure out how it all went together. And, and uh, right at the end, we found the wrenches that we should have used, but, but that's okay. Anyway, the loom is all set up. But in the, in the last moment, as we were, were lifting it to put it on a blanket so that we could slide it into place, I put my back out. Yeah, because, you know, I was tired and I lifted badly. And uh, I, I know I shouldn't have. I know how to lift. I just didn't at that point. So uh, it was bad enough that I actually stayed home from work on Tuesday. And when you stay home from work and are heating and icing your back, sometimes that's time. That's the time you can do something unpleasant like tearing back the border of Star Maiden for the second time. And so I did. But what I did this time was I marked off every 10th stitch on the body because that is where every pattern repeat binds off 10 stitches and I figured you know what it's I can't do this a fourth time (laughs) so I need to give myself all the uh, all the tricks that I can to make sure that I knit it right this time around and so far it's going okay haven't had too much knitting time so I'm definitely not back to where I was, but, uh, but soon, soon, soon. And I'm not going to say next episode because with, between the final project and everything, I just don't know. But, uh, 
but it's it's going well. I, I mean, I've got the pattern memorized now, so I can just pick it up anytime and start. And having the stitch markers means that I'll know if I've messed up within that repeat, so I won't have to tear back the whole thing. I also finished off spinning the green Corydale. I have not started plying. I had planned to start it today. I'm going to ply it on my Hansen mini spinner. But uh, but catching the cold, I didn't go out to Marg's. That was the project I was going to take out to Marg's to hang out. But that did not happen. I do not want to share the cold. Bad enough someone shared it with me. So there, the two bobbins are just sitting and waiting now. And uh, they will wait until after I'm done my homework. And then I will ply them and see how they look. I'm actually really interested to see how they all ply together. But that's pretty much all I've been able to work on the last two weeks. Oh, I mean, that's still a lot, you know. But by the time I finish Star Maiden, I'll have knit the border almost two times, you know. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But, uh... But yeah, I'll probably bring Star Maiden with me down to uh, to the hotel just for a break. And I don't know, maybe the, the mini spinner doesn't take up much room. Maybe I'll start plying. It really depends on how the weaving goes. The thing with weaving is it doesn't take very long. So I'll want to make sure that I have, basically, that I have enough to keep me occupied. So that is the Fiber Notes update. On the fibro side, I wondered about doing a segment about fibromyalgia, but I decided that because it's going to be such a a big piece of my life now, it's probably worth talking about. I, it's hard to know what to say. It's not that I didn't suspect it. I have a an aunt who has fibromyalgia. I. I always knew that there was a possibility. The, the the part, like I said in my essay, that really weirded me out was that he was so sure and I was so, you know, textbook. So I still have to deal with that um, on a personal level, but quite apart from that, I need to start managing this. Um, it's been... Wow, we're coming up. It's been a, just over a year and a half now since whatever was going started going on in my legs started, and it most likely is a a flare up of fibromyalgia. And, and the thing is that I don't know a lot about it yet. I I still have to do the reading. I still have to figure out what it means for me. Um, but it's been about a year and a half, and I've been treating it or trying to treat it myself the way I usually do and all I've been able to do is sort of like I'm, I'm in maintenance mode I'm not improving I'm occasionally slipping back so that has to stop because unless it stops I'm going to find myself unable to do the things that I enjoy simply because I'll only have energy left to do the things I have to do like work to maintain you know our lifestyle we just bought a new house we I have to keep working so so I need to figure out how to improve. So there's there's a couple of things that are going to happen. The first is that I'm going to get another referral back to pain clinic. Now, I don't know how long it's going to take to get that referral. 
I've been to pain clinic twice before. Each time it's taken two years to get in. The second time that was a little bit of a mistake or just a confluence of events. I was referred back as a new patient when I was an existing patient. Um, Also, my doctor there was on maternity leave, so that's why it ended up taking two years. Hopefully, that's not going to be the case this time, but there's a huge waiting list of people waiting to get into pain clinic. So I have a feeling it's going to be a minimum of six months, possibly even a year before I get into pain clinic, and I can't wait that long to start making some changes. The, uh, The second thing... Well, I guess maybe the first thing, but uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to do a trial of four-day work weeks just to see how the extra day works for me. It's only going to go for a month and then we'll see what happens. I'm going to be taking Wednesdays off, which is why I'm going to be able to drive down to Marg's on a Wednesday and deliver my workbook. I know a while back, for whatever reason, some stat holiday fell in the middle of the week and I was surprised at how how well I was able to handle Thursday and Friday after I had that day off in the middle of the week. It was huge, and so that's why I'm taking Wednesdays off. It, it's also good operationally for my workplace, because I can deal with any after-the-weekend fires, and then have a day off, and then deal with any po- end-of-the-week fires before heading into the weekend. So I'm going to give that a shot. What's the worst that can happen? I don't feel any better. Nothing's going to happen in a month. I know this because it took me a long time to get to this point. But at least we can give it a shot and see how it's going to work. So go from there. And that also gives me time to do the research I need to do about the syndrome and and start start asking myself what I need to do for self-care. And I put quotation marks around it because it seems like such a buzzword to me. It really does, but I I recognize that it's what I'm going to have to do if I ever want to improve. I need to stop being so cynical about putting myself first. (laughs) It doesn't come easy for me. It's funny that everything I'm reading, and even what the doctor said, was that the the people with fibromyalgia typically are, you know, real go-getters, And it's really difficult for them to accept that suddenly they're unable to do all the things that they want to do. And they need to, you know, be happy in the things that they can do. And I mean, I'm high functioning. I have high functioning for a person with fibromyalgia, and I totally accept that. But the only reason I'm where I am today is because I can afford the things that I've needed to mitigate it, like the massage a week, like the cleaning service and all of that. The trouble there is that we're unable to save against me not working. So it it's it's a real it's a tricky situation for us. So my my goal is to get down to maybe even two massages every 3 weeks or or something like that just so financially that it's a little easier for us. And then of course I caught this cold. Oh, I really, really hate it when people come into work when they're sick. And I wasn't due for a cold, which is probably why this one seems to be going okay. Like, I'm, I'm really low on energy, but the symptoms, like the sore throat and the runny nose, aren't knocking me down. I'm still able to record my podcast today, although I'm probably going to go lie down for a nap before I do the editing. 
but I just have no energy. Walking is out of the question. Exercise of any kind is out of the question right now. I've got nothing left to give. And now I understand that that's because I literally don't. I'm, I'm using everything I've got because of the fibromyalgia to get through the day and do the things that I need to do. So it's hard for me. It's really hard for me. And I, I doubt I'm going to be recording this segment every episode simply because I, I'm, I'm just learning and figuring things out. I don't know. I don't know at this point. There's a lot to think about and there's a lot to process. I, maybe I should. Maybe I should be recording this segment every episode just to sort of be getting my thoughts out there. And maybe if it helps somebody else, then then great. Anyway, I did make one big decision um, about life in, ter- in terms of the, the self-care and podcast. Um, I'm still going to be recording the podcast every two weeks. That's not going to change. But I need to stop feeling guilty about not blogging. And since this flare-up started, I've really, really had trouble blogging. And the reason for that is that a blog, uh, to write a blog post for me takes well over an hour. And that's just time and energy that I don't have. So, but but I've been feeling guilty about it. I mean, I, I enjoy the blogging. I enjoy the interaction. I enjoy putting that out there. And I don't necessarily want to stop. But I also need to be able to do it in a way that, that I can handle energy-wise. So what I've done is I've created a Facebook page for the by the fiber side so if you go to facebook if you're on facebook and you go to facebook and you search for by the fiber side you should find me if you can't you can go to the website and i do have a link there and i'm going to try and find a way to integrate it more smoothly into the website because blogging takes an hour but microblogging on facebook putting up a picture and a post and talking about the comments and stuff that i can handle that i can do and that, that's a way for me to, to do that part of it in a way that respects my energy level and respects, you know, what, what, what I can physically accomplish in a day. And it means you get bigger or um, more frequent updates about things. And you get to see pretty pictures of what I'm knitting and spinning at the time. Anyway, if you're on Facebook, I, I would love it if you went over and gave the page a like, um, just so that you can keep up on what I'm doing. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily that I'm not going to blog. I, I will blog from time to time when my energy level is there and when there's something to talk about. But most of the day-to-day updates are going to be on Facebook. Now, I hear you saying, what about Twitter? I know you're on Twitter. Twitter, I find quite overwhelming. Um, I can't keep up with it. I can't process it. And probably that's because I've friended too many people or, or followed too many people on Twitter. But, but I just, it's, it's too much for me and Facebook I can handle. So, so I'll be moving most of the stuff over to Facebook. I'll still keep the Twitter account. Absolutely. You know, still, still, uh, if, if there's something you think I should see, uh, tag me in a, in a tweet but uh, but mostly it's going to be on Facebook now. And that's a decision that was hard to make, but uh, 
but it's one I had to make. Until I can get this flare up under control and actually get my energy levels back, then, uh, then I have to, I have to respect that. That's hard. It's really hard for me to say. I don't, I, you, you're probably getting that feeling. It is hard for me to say. So anyway, give the page a like, see, uh, see pictures of some of the things that I've done. You can see pictures of the pretty little tops that I combed up and uh, a few other things as well. And I will definitely be keeping you updated about how things go. I'm hoping to hear about pain clinic sooner rather than later, but I can't guarantee when it's going to be. And uh, and after our big AGM, that's when my four-day weeks are going to start, and I'm hoping that that will make a difference. But we'll see. By the wayside. I think it's safe to say that the tapestry will not be done by next weekend. The board took a lot longer than I had hoped. And a lot of that is because you have to go in and around the little lines, and it just took quite a while. Now, I'd, I'd finished off, I'd, I did get two good Saturdays in, and a week before this, I finished off basically everything but the boar in that one section, the, the man with the sword, all of it. And all I had left was the boar. And it even started on the boar. And then I worked on it last night for about four hours. <laughs> That's how long it took me to finish the boar. So, yeah. I think it's safe to say that, that I will not, as much as I wanted to, I won't be presenting the tapestry next weekend. But with that said, I think it's safe to say that by craft dinner, which this year is on November 22nd, then it's going to be finished. Because all I've got left now are two dividers and that bird and the tree, and that's it. I am so, so close to being finished. And it's been a, wow, that's been a ride almost it, it will be almost two years of the podcast that I've spent on the tapestry I'm gonna miss it you know I really am going to miss it I don't think I would do it again like the tapestry itself but uh but I'm gonna miss having it around so I'm gonna definitely have to find something to replace it with but uh but it's been a good ride so I'm going to put up a picture I'm gonna put up a detailed picture of the of the boar as well because it's it's pretty nice, and you can see then sort of the way the stitch looks. I don't pretend to be the most brilliant person at recreating it, but I think it looks pretty good. So that's the By the Wayside update. Possibly, well, maybe not, but possibly the second last one for the tapestry. Thank you for joining me for episode 46. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 47 on October 19th, 2014. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion on Facebook or Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, 
you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.